Turn back the clock to the first couple of months of 2020, and many limited partners were beginning to expand their private debt allocations to new and previously untried strategies. Then, as we all know, along came the global pandemic, and with it, a necessary caution that extended to the way investors viewed the asset class. Out went adventurousness, in came conservatism, and faith in what had served LPs well in the past. In this edition of Spotlight, we'll hear from Will Nicholl, Chief Investment Officer for Private and Alternative Assets at M&G, the London-based Global Investment Manager. He reflects on the impact of COVID on investor thinking. I think it's been relatively simple in some ways because what we've seen is that institutions, while you've been going through the rather difficult periods with COVID, have tended to stick to what they have already got. And so what you haven't seen is a huge number of new allocations into different types of private debt. What you have seen is you have seen uh, people continuing to increase the amount of money that they're putting into the allocations that they had before. So in simple terms, I think we are still on a decades-long trend of increasing the amount of assets that are sitting in private debt. And that continues, and it will continue as certainly as the European markets become more sophisticated. And therefore, people are continuing to, to allocate, continue to invest. So that I don't think that last year changed that. All that it did is it probably stopped some of the newer ideas coming through quite so quickly. And, and it probably meant that people tended to stick with managers they already knew. So what were some of those newer ideas? Is it Nichols' sense that maybe things were heading down a slightly different path in terms of strategy? What we were seeing is we were seeing more investor interest in some of the more difficult investments. So as the private markets have developed, they've gone from being quite simple ones such as direct lending, which started as soon as the financial crisis uh, happened in, in 2008-9, and all the way through to now looking at something like specialty finance, where you're buying large blocks of mortgages and, and refinancing them. And what you saw is you saw the interest of investors going from the more vanilla through to the more sophisticated, which is what you'd expect as the markets develop, and, and everybody becoming used to that consistent learning, consistent growth of ideas. And again, I think all, all that happened is, is we put a slight halt on that. I don't, don't think we changed the long-term way of things happening. I think we just make sure that everybody has a little time to rest. And what that's in some ways meant is that when people have come back to the market at the start of this year, we've actually seen more interest in some of the more complicated ideas because I think people have had time to think, reflect, and when they're coming back to the private markets are actually possibly being a little bit more adventurous in terms of what they're looking at and, and trying to find the higher returns and the better risk-reward that you get from some of those. Before the pandemic, a lot of people were speculating on what would happen in the event of a downturn. Would private debt pass its first big test after the post-GFC tailwinds it had benefited from? I ask Nickel whether, if it's true that LPs are once again finding their sense of adventure, does it mean that the big test has been passed? We should be cautious that clearly that last year has not been a credit cycle. So it's not been a standard credit cycle, it's been much more of a, a consumer cycle. And we've also seen a consumer bailout, the like of which we've never seen before. So it was an odd test. There was a, definitely a liquidity test at the start where people you know, became comfortable with how easy it might be or might not be to move away from the asset class. But I think once people got through that, then, then actually the resilience of various different types of private debt, I think, has been quite good and, and shown quite well. Nichols' reference to an odd test and a credit cycle that's not been standard, raises a question about distressed investing. 
With a lot of capital having been raised for the strategy, how should investors be feeling in an environment that arguably provides a far from typical context? You haven't got a credit cycle, so you don't have the quite the distressed debt that you might have expected. And I think you see that particularly, we've done a lot of work with mortgage pools and you might expect to see some consumer distress and there really hasn't been any of that at all. So when you think about how allocations have come, then it, it's been quite difficult, I think, for people looking at pure restructuring. Oddly, that doesn't mean that there haven't been some quite interesting ideas in special situations, because as everybody has been at home much more, then their willingness to do new things has been a little bit curtailed. And therefore, doing the work on some of those things has meant that some special situations have come through, but they haven't tended to be distressed. They've tended to be more just something novel and something interesting and something new. So I think you're right. Because it's not a credit cycle, we don't have the standard, let's cycle out of private debt into restructuring, or let's cycle out of loans or something into something a little bit more interesting. But at the same time, clearly the underlying performance of those various different assets has been significantly better than we would have thought in April last year, when everybody, I think, assumed that Q3, Q4 last year would be very difficult, and, and it wasn't. I asked Nicole what lessons have been learned from this extraordinary period and what kinds of things investors are most keen to talk about. The investors that we talk to are quite sanguine about looking at at the risk of illiquidity, because one of the things that did come through is that some of the liquid markets became quite illiquid again, that happens in every crisis. So uh, once again, the reminder that liquidity is not always there tends to help private markets. I think the other thing is, and it's very difficult to judge this across the whole business, But we've actually had, you know, we've gone from a position where at the start of the crisis, clearly you're re-underwriting almost every single private asset you have. And and you are checking to see how they're going to cope with a period of extreme dislocation. But actually, the final outcome of that has been quite positive. As I say, we haven't seen a credit cycle. And so that has given all of the investors comfort that actually performance, you know, mark to markets dipped, but then they've come back quite strongly. And as you see that coming back, then you see the appetite coming back quite strongly and the number of deals coming back quite strongly as well. So whereas you might think that that it was still a bit slow at the end of last year, actually, most investors and investments had started to come back very strongly by then. And therefore, we were seeing new deals coming through and the market restarting properly. And, and I think that investors are following that. My conversations with investors are, are about investing more and, and continuing to go along that the spectrum of more interesting investments. So it does feel like just a hiatus to me slightly, as everybody had a bit of a shock, then we carry on going, which is what I would expect if you really are on this 10, 20 year view of the private debt markets becoming significantly more important way of raising money and a significantly more attractive way for some companies to go and raise money. Investor appetite for private debt has certainly been growing, but is this just existing LPs doubling down or are new types of investors joining the party? Well, I think the best way to think about that is that there is always a question that when these things start, then the most sophisticated investors will be looking at it and it just gradually moves down through the investor universe. And I think that that we're still seeing that. You have to remember the private debt market is just a a load of very small markets. It's a continuum of exciting and exotic assets and ones that have become reasonably vanilla. And so when we look across the the universe as a whole, I'd say that you've now got to say where most investors are comfortable with the idea of private debt of some kind. But when you go into the underlying strategies, then then clearly there's a big difference between a a simple piece of direct lending or something that, that is, you know, a piece of private 
ABS or something else like that. And, and so, again, we just see a continuing growth of acceptance of each of these ideas and a broadening of the underlying investor base. As I say, it, it's been quite surprising seeing the level of growth over the last 10 years, and that is continuing now. The I-word, inflation, has been on everyone's lips lately. I conclude the conversation by asking Nickel his view of its significance and how it might impact the market if it does turn out to be an issue to be taken seriously. It vastly depends on, on where you are. So if you're on a, in a piece of long-term infrastructure debt, then it could get quite interesting. You know, there, there was a lovely piece from one of the banks recently highlighting the fact that after the Second World War, you had inflation rates up in double digits quite quickly. What that would do, I think that clearly has effects on every single debt instrument, whether they're private or not. If we were to see an interest rate shock, then that could be quite interesting. However, having said that, a large amount of the private debt universe is floating rate. And so you'd probably actually see less effect on some of that. But I, I think you're right. It's clearly the discussion at the moment as to whether the inflation is going to be transitory or, or whether it's going to become somehow embedded. And that will have an effect at some point on the private debt market. At the moment, I don't see that, that anything has particularly changed because if you look at the government curves and look at the forward rates, they're still pretty low. And, and in that case, people are loath to react to something that may not happen. And, and as I say, the markets themselves are very lively. So we're, we're still seeing a lot of activity happening. So it hasn't choked off any demand yet. And that must be because people are thinking that that's transitory rather than that something that's going to stay for a long time. That again was Will Nicol of M&G. If you want to hear more episodes of Spotlight, you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts or on PEI's various titles online. For Private Debt Investor, I'm Andy Thompson. Thank you for listening.